as I bring you God's grace and mercy and peace in his holy and majestic name. Uh, Today is all about the epiphany. It's the big fancy word that we really shouldn't overthink for today. It just means that now we can see something to appear, to shine on. It's evident in the Holy Scriptures what this is referring to. The star is unexpected and is made known to the wise men as that star leads those wise men to the feet of uh, Jesus. It's unexpected and revealed to us that Jesus is made known for today in this great epiphany. And... Uh, The epiphanies of our life keep popping up. I could give you a whole host of illustrations, even how we use the word epiphany today. The best one I can give you is this. Do you hear a little raspiness in my throat? Uh, We had a basketball tournament, and I was cheering my little heart out all weekend long. Uh, My throat started to fail me, and on Saturday night here at church, I was reading the scripture lessons and I couldn't make it through. I had a coughing fit. It was not going to happen. And who should appear as I'm coughing up a storm? None other than Pastor Anderson, who came to church on Saturday night, waltzed up and said, I got this. (laughs) That is unexpected. That is an epiphany. That is something that we see and is made known and is good news, at least for me in that moment. Now you see in the gospel reading for today, uh, there are central uh, figures to this entire narrative. Of course, at the center of it all is Jesus. He's the point of the entire Bible and he's the point of this story for today. But there's at least two other key figures we have to talk about, at least just briefly. First is uh, King Herod. In the Bible, King Herod is uh, this nemesis in some ways of Jesus Christ himself. Uh, King Herod had a personal life, if you read the Holy Scriptures, that was not always the best. However, as a ruler, he was given the title Herod the Great because at least at his day job, he did a pretty good job. A course of events. The Roman Senate appointed on him, we know this historically, at the age of 33 years old, the Roman Senate made him and gave him the title King of the Jews. He did not want anyone competing with that title, including Jesus Christ himself. During that time, he brokered a relatively peaceful existence between the Jewish state and the Roman Empire, and there was economic prosperity for most people. He was called Herod the Great, even though he was bent on the destruction of Jesus Christ. And then these other central figures in the Holy Scriptures for today are the Magi from the East. Uh, We know precious little about these people, but what we do know is incredibly precious. Uh, These wise men are scientists, astrologers. They look up at the stars in the sky and they help the kings make good decisions for the country. It's not the only time these people pop up in the Bible. In the Old Testament, there's this entire book of the Bible called Daniel. If, If you haven't read Daniel, after church today, go home and just crank through that book. It's only about seven chapters long. 
But in the book of Daniel, it talks about how Daniel, uh, who is the central figure in that book, is a magi. For you see, what happens is this enemy kingdom came and took over God's people in the town where Daniel lived. And Daniel was a product of war. Uh, the new emperor that came in said, let's take some of the nobles, the royal families, the smartest among you, and we'll draft them and make them magi because then hopefully they can speak and have some sort of symbiotic relationship where everybody goes along to get along in this new empire that we are creating. And Daniel was drafted as a magi. He is the exception, not the rule. Almost all of these people were unbelievers. From far off, distant lands, they come from Persia and that great area. And the point for today is that when God leads these people here, on this great epiphany, he leads the unbelievers to the feet of Jesus. And he does the same for us. Here in Grafton, Wisconsin, for those that don't know the name of Jesus and for those who daily struggle with their sin, he comes and shows us that we might maybe not follow a star, but follow his promises that we hear for today. That Christ is real, that Christ is present. For you see, those wise men in the Old Testament, what did they follow? They followed some star. Whether it was a star that hovered 10, 30 feet in front of them that led them to Jesus or a star that was somehow in the heavens, the perfect astrological alignment of Jupiter and Saturn, or a supernova, billions of light years away, or a series of shooting comets, whatever it was. We believe the star led the wise men to Jesus, and they worshiped him. It's unexpected, but it's good news that is made known to us. Growing up, my family liked the good old movies and TV shows, the black and white ones. Yes? Alfred Hitchcock was one of our favorites. Uh, now, he had lots of cinematic adventures that he would take his people on, but one that is forever uh, seared into my brain is when Alfred Hitchcock makes this TV show, and it was about two people. One uh, was a female prisoner and a guard that she fell in love with. They concocted a plan because of their love, and the TV show uh, shows their great escape that they were planning. They concocted a plan because uh, when people were sick, and injured, and then finally transpired, what happened is, in the dead of night, this prison would take all of those people that had passed away, they would take them off into the countryside, put them in boxes, and bury them. They concocted a plan, and the female prisoner said, I will fake passing away, they will bury me, but don't worry, you can come and unbury me that night, and we can be together forever. If you know anything about this man's genre, it did not end well. She faked 
passing away. She goes off the TV show, shows us. She gets buried in a box, and uh, she can't open her eyes or move because she doesn't want to alert the guards, but she feels that there are other people around her that maybe passed away that night too, and they're getting put in one big box, and you hear the thud, thud, thud as they nail the coffin shut. As she's there in the ground, the camera pans on her face, and you can see her giggling with delight. She is going to escape in just a few short hours, but as she waits, the curiosity gets the best of her. She takes a match out of her pocket because she wants to know who, unfortunately, is buried next to her as she awaits her final escape. She lights the match, she holds it up to the person next to her, and it's none other than the guard who is her lover buried next to her. The camera pans out, and you just see the dirt plot, and all you hear is a scream, 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 and silence. That is unexpected. Have you ever felt buried before? Boxed in, maybe six feet under the ground. I think if we're being honest with ourselves for today, I know I have, and I bet you have too. The impacts of sin that we see in our lives Uh, They sneak up on us. Sin is not convenient, and it does not wait for us to be at our brightest and our best, and we feel like we are buried by the weight of it all. Good theological questions that I get asked, that I myself struggle and process with, that I in this room have talked to some of you about. Pastor, if God is so good, why do good things happen to bad people? Or why do bad things happen to good people? Pastor, if Jesus is the light of the world, why do I feel like I'm in such darkness? And if in the scriptures, Jesus is called the great healer and the great physician, why do I feel dead on the inside? For some of you, you are buried. Buried in the moments of time. Maybe it's just minutes. You know the ones where you perhaps lost your cool. In the heat of an argument, with a slip of the tongue, you have said things that you can't take back. You were a little bit too groggy, a little bit too stressed, and now relationships are broken and you are buried by those few moments of regret. Maybe instead of a few moments, you are buried by something else. Maybe your buried reality is not a few moments or a few minutes, but maybe it's the hour. The hour that perhaps you lost your purity. And you think things will never be the same again. Maybe you're buried in the moment of time for the years that you spent looking around wondering, why am I on this hamster wheel doing the same thing day in and day out? Is it honestly making an impact for myself or anyone around us? Or maybe you're buried by these kinds of words that you can't get over. You are fired. I don't love you anymore. Sir, ma'am, Your cancer is terminal. It's unexpected. The impacts of sin are not something we can predict and control. 
But the good news for us on this epiphany is that the good news is unexpected in the best way possible. Because when we feel like we're buried and boxed in and six feet under, the scriptures reveal to us that it's not just Jesus that has to die, but our sinful selves have to die too. For you see, we find ourselves in that coffin and it is nailed, nailed shut. But we're not in there with just ourselves and the devil and our own sinful world. No, we're in there with Christ himself. We light our match, we see the light, and we see Christ's face beside us. And because he died and he came back to life, he promises us that we will do the same thing too. Romans chapter 6 says it like this. If we have been buried with Christ in baptism, we have been buried into his death and his resurrection. For you see, when we feel like we're buried and boxed in and six feet under, we have something better. It's unexpected, it's beautiful, and it's Christ himself. You know, around this time of year, there's often a Christmas card that comes out, an epiphany card at times. Perhaps you've seen it. It's, it's, it's one and there's, uh, it's one with three camels sitting there in the desert on rolling dunes and sand hills. You see the three camels, and on those three camels are three wise men, and they're each carrying a gift. You can't see inside the gift box, but we know what they are. It's gold and frankincense and, and myrrh. It's obviously the wise men. There, far off in the distance, you see a tiny little town and a star up top, and it cascades its light down on the little a village. And at the top of the card, it says something along these lines, Wise men still seek him. In one sense for today, that is very true. God calls and beckons Christians who find themselves dead in their sins and their trespasses to orientate and turn their lives to the one alone who can give life and salvation, and that is Jesus Christ. But in another sense, the point of the gospel is that you and I by ourselves can't seek Jesus. The point of the gospel is that by ourselves, we need an epiphany. A big star, a light to show us where to go. Someone smart a long time ago said it like this. When God comes into this world, he doesn't find anything worth loving. He sees human behavior. He sees human wishes. He sees our desires, our inabilities, and our sins that are known only between us and Satan and God. And when God comes into this world, he doesn't find anything worth loving. No, what does God do? God creates something worth loving. He creates that in me and you. And while we are the wise people that seek him, we are the people that have been claimed and chosen by the gospel in the waters of holy baptism, and we have been buried with Christ so that we might live with him. It's unexpected. It's beautiful. But the light of Christ has come. And it's the good news that we desperately need here in Grafton, Wisconsin today. And the whole world needs too. As we conclude our sermon for today, I ask you to bend your hearts with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. For this opportunity to come and hear again about the great epiphany.
how you make yourself known to the unbelieving magi from the east. How you come and make yourself known to people here in Grafton, Wisconsin, so that hopefully all might come to know the saving power of your son's glory by his death and bodily resurrection from the grave. Lord, help us never take this for granted. Reveal yourself continually, not only to us, Lord, that we might continue to seek you, but to a world that is blind and in darkness on their own, so that all might come to the saving truth and knowledge found exclusively in your Son, Jesus, in whose name that we pray. Amen.